0: Welcome to another edition of Confessions of a College Walk-On. Thank you for joining me. My name is Austin. Uh, with me today, I actually have another one in the UCF community, Austin Heff. He's going to be kind of guiding me through as, he, as we, I get to tell my story. Everyone has a story behind themselves and what they did in life. and Confessions of a College Walk-On is mine that I want to share with y'all and hopefully get other people to share theirs as well. The first thing you said was this "is another," isn't this the pilot episode? Oh shoot! Uh, all stuff <laughs> yeah, <is> perfect.
1: <laughs> no, 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 keep it going. This is that's hilarious. You know, uh, um, well, uh, th- I mean, I mean, that's all on you. Though. This is your podcast. <laughs> I just think it's awesome that uh, I'm, I'm part of your pilot episode of Confessions of a College Walk On. Uh, very grateful. We had a rundown as we talked about. We know we plugged it on Twitter. I asked you to, to, to let me know how many plays you got on the trailer, by the way. I would love to get those numbers if you got it. But re- really, though, what it comes down to, why I wanted to be here, by the way, appreciate you being the most loyal supporter of Space Nights. You know, weeklies on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Shameless plug. But what really, why I wanted to be here is because you told a story on Space Nights about your experience at UCF and getting the call that changed your life that you got to finally receive a scholarship to play football. So tonight, you know, I would love to the ability to unpack, you know, what led to that because I talked to you in the pre-show, but kids dream about this. Kids dream about the opportunity and you got that and you worked really hard to get there. So obviously a lot happened to get there um, and would love to be able to, to get that story out so people can be inspired really is what I was why I wanted to be here
0: yes austin and you're completely right this is really the pilot uh so if you're hearing this on spotify yes this is number episode number 1 yes. but austin and I have gone through this once or twice already trying to get a good uh just a good idea down uh can you ask that first question again
1: no i mean really i would love to know we talked about in the pre show but where where did you get your starts with start with sports like where like you obviously are you know a scholarship d lineman for ucf d1 you know highest level of collegiate football you can make national champions 2017 as a walk-on but i want to know where when did you get your start in sports and what sports did you play
0: so I, i got my start in sports very early on as a you know i think i was four or five years old um I grew up in soccer. My brother and sister were playing soccer for Maitland Soccer Club here in Orlando. Uh, and I kind of just wanted to be like them and wanted to play sports and just kind of wanted going through there. Um, a, a transition happened when I got a little older, kind of phased out of soccer. I started paying more attention to football, uh, especially because my brother, uh, when I was nine years old, my brother started uh, s- freshman football. So I got into the only thing my parents would let me get into, flag football. Um, just so I could learn the game, understand, you know, route concepts at a, at a young age and kind of understand like, okay, you know, this is how you build a team. This is how you do this. Um, as I got older, I started learning about, more about my family history within sports. Uh, I'm going back to my great grandfather. Uh, there's a picture of him in 1913 in Michigan. With his football team from his high school, I got a picture of my grandfather when I don't know. Apparently, the Navy played football against bases or something like that in California. Base would play base. It was just kind of weird. Uh, but I got a picture of him in pads, uh, and then I got a picture of my uncle playing for Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, in the eighties. Uh, those are all in my uh, in, at my grandfather's house in uh, Daytona and. You know, my dad ran cross country in high school. My mom did track and field, volleyball. My uncle did uh, weightlifting, track and field, and, and football. My, my uncle and my mom both held records for a long time at Spruce Creek High School. My mom still holds the women's discus record at Spruce Creek High School some 40 years later. So uh, I attribute a lot of my athletic potential and athletic ability to my parents uh, just because, you know, genetics worked in my favor and they always kind of pushed me to do what I wanted to do and just try different things. And, you know, I always wanted to be closer to my brother, you know, cause I was, I'm the youngest of three. I always looked up to my brother and, and wanted to be like him uh, when it came down to it. So when it came to sports, I kind of just followed in his footsteps. Um, I finally got to play tackle football in seventh grade uh, and I haven't looked back since
1: yeah um a decent amount to unravel with that but it i can definitely see it now a lot of things are starting to make sense mothers uh obviously an athletic legends as as was your uncle in you know, high school um so spruce creek is that that um that sounds local
0: that is uh port orange okay and but you went to high school at Lyman. Yeah, I went to uh high school in uh Longwood, Florida. I've lived in Altamonte Springs my entire life. So, my parents decided to settle in here uh and it's always been a great space for us. Yeah. So, high school at Lyman
1: and sports competitive teams, right? Cuz like looking at myself, I started in 5th grade and then Every year I played competitive basketball till senior of high school. When did you first get your first taste of competitive sports like in school?
0: Uh, In school, so I got involved in competitive sports in middle school. So I went to Millway Middle School my sixth grade year. This is spring of sixth grade. I'm walking in the halls and I hear this big voice behind me saying, son, what grade are you in? And I, I thought the guy was yelling for me across the yard. No, uh, it was uh, the track coach, uh, Mr. Lias, was actually right next to me. Big man with a big preacher's voice. Uh, he sounded like he was yelling at you and he was just talking to you normally. Uh, great, great man in, in general. Uh, he convinced me to go get a physical and try out for track. Um, and I was just like, okay, cool, yeah. If it, if it helps, you know, the school and, you know, I kind of get in shape a little bit because... I kind of didn't want to play competitive sports when it came to like school oriented stuff at first just cuz like I was like ah, I don't want to do this but you know he convinced me wow. uh so I ran I ran the 100, 200, 400 and then I did shot put in my county meet which was like my events uh second place in all but I want to say the Two hundred. uh so I did. I did pretty well for not being, not being used to track or anything. Um, uh, and then that summer, actually, because of him, I decided I wanted to throw at the AAU Nationals in uh, ESPN Wild World of Sports. Uh and I got able to uh, compete in the Junior Olympics. So I made the I wow. I qualified for that in New Orleans. So my dad took me out there with my brother. Uh, we, well, I competed, uh, got through the first flight, got to the second round and then barely missed the finals by, I think like four inches or something like that. Uh, so
1: junior Olympian, see, these are things that I didn't know. And I feel like, you know, it's not going to be reported at least from what I've seen. So, um, so, ninth grade, I just thought it was funny, and I said, "Wow, to you not wanting to play sports in school first because you ended up playing sports in school at the highest possible school level now, so it's it's crazy how you know that journey took you on you know uh so you started with track field um at Lyman where." How the heck did you get involved with football? Because I'm I'm a little confused.
0: You are okay. talking
1: about track and field, but where, where does football come into play?
0: So I was I was talking about middle school specifically. So oh, that was middle school. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I, in, in middle school, I was I was also doing like I was doing track and field uh, that okay. sixth grade year, that seventh grade year, I got involved with uh, AAU football. I played for the Winter Park Bengals, and then with school sports, I actually started picking up volleyball uh, my seventh grade year. So I went through that, did track again in the spring, 8th grade year, same thing, AAU football, Winter Park Bengals, while I was playing volleyball, then I uh, went from that to doing cross country for Millwee, my 8th grade year in the spring, and track again in the 8th grade spring. Uh, And then... I transitioned at the end of spring to, uh, CFYFL playing for, uh, the team that was, uh, I think it was the, the Longwood Chargers was Lyman's kind of team that they put together. Uh, and that's where I kind of learned, uh, the offense. Like I would be running in high school, uh, for the first couple years under, uh, Jeff Gurkey. Um, uh, so I was actually a quarterback when I first started off. So right. I came in my junior, uh, I came in my freshman year, uh, the starting junior varsity quarterback. Uh
1: wow. Jeez.
0: Which was which was kind of weird to me because I'm like, I I was like, I I'm a young gun. I don't know anything about high school. But hey, now you're expected to lead a team of guys who are maybe a year or two older than you uh and go through. And I think we went either six and two or seven and one that season. We blew out a lot of teams. Like I think our average scoring percentage was like in the in like 36, uh, like 36 points a game minimum, wow. something like that. Uh, So we, we had a lot of fun, and I don't think we took anything real too seriously. Oh uh, Yeah, but from there, I continued actually playing volleyball. So my freshman year, I got on varsity volleyball for Lyman after they'd just come off a state championship victory, and that's wow. kind of how I played it up until my junior year when football got really serious for me. So...
1: <clears throat> wow you were asked to play varsity volleyball as a freshman obviously very athletically talented I think it's ironic you were scoring 36 points a game at quarterback obviously you were destined to end up at UCF uh, high octane <laughs> offense um, at least for the like the last like five years but um, so freshman year Volleyball, but you also played football at Lyman.
0: Yeah, so w- the the high school schedule would be football would, of course was in the fall, and then volleyball would be in the spring. So I didn't I stopped doing track because I really liked playing volleyball, and yep. uh, also it was it was it was quick, like you could get a volley done. Like a volley could last ten minutes, or it could last like thirty seconds. Uh, yep. but it it happened to be the the quick twitch like agility stuff that kind of got me prepared and. Gets my heart rate up, my cardio going to get ready for a lot of football. So,
1: yeah, no, that cat like reflexes in volleyball that you need in, in football too. Um, definitely I could see the translation there. It just doesn't seem that conventional, but I think about Vince Carter and I don't know if you know that he played as well and that helped him, you know, not only just the jumping part, but like you said, the reflexes and the, just a team aspect like uh you got to have really good chemistry in volleyball uh, because of the bump set spike situation but uh you played varsity football at lyman all four years
0: uh technically yes because at the end of the junior varsity season uh they would bump up everyone they wanted to to play varsity and i started the last varsity game of the season against winter springs high school i played played during the season against I believe it was Brantley because my JV game had gotten canceled because of rain uh, a field got rained out or something like that so I played two or three varsity games my freshman year uh, as a, uh, I actually played outside linebacker that first year uh, and you know coach Gurkey thought like oh you're a way better defensive player than you are an offensive player but you know because you're like the next quarterback up, we're going to put you at backup quarterback, but you're going to start at DN for us my sophomore year.
1: Wow. So, major way to the starting lineup. Um, and, but you said junior year is when things started getting serious. What made the difference between freshman, sophomore year, and junior year being
0: the serious year for football at Lyman? Uh, I, in between my, the end of my sophomore year and the start of my junior year, I actually started going to college camps. Uh, and that's when I kind of started realizing, like, oh, this is how you kind of get recruited. Uh, that way, coaches know who you are and like know a name to a face. Uh, but junior year is when I started, you know, my first offer happened uh, week six on a Monday uh, of my high school season. It was a game right after Winter Springs High School. Uh, I was sick, unfortunately, that day, uh, so I got a, a text from Coach Kirk. He said, hey, here's a number. You need to give them a call real quick. Uh, they're probably going to offer you a scholarship. Lo and behold, it was FAU uh, offering me a scholarship uh, as in my first offer and uh, was absolutely kind of didn't know how to what, how to deal with it because it was just like, holy crap, I got my first college offer. It's like D1. It's not d2 or anything it's legitimately d1 i'm going to be be able to play d1 football uh but you know all all good things come with bad things as well you got to get to hell to get to heaven
1: but i kind of want to rewind a little bit because i think this part of high school sports is a bit underrated i remember being a freshman my high school basketball team wasn't really a team it was a magnet high school. We were, when I graduated, we were 49th in the country in academics. Um, we, I had to like really help recruit like that's how like not really serious we were. Um, but I remember freshman year, um, I was very serious. I take what I do, everything I do, I do put my all into. And so the coach liked that and we didn't have a good culture. So he started giving me a lot of like privileges, like, I got to do the shake before the game, you know, as a varsity freshman was like, whoa, like, and there was a lot of animosity from up above. Did you deal with that as, you know, starting at such a young age on a varsity football team, you know, Orlando football is serious. So I kind of want to like move, rewind a bit and and see what that sophomore, junior, um, especially the sophomore year when you were already starting, like, how was that like dealing with like upperclassmen who probably wanted the spot, like,
0: Did you deal with any of that at all? So I I did deal with some upperclassmen pressure. Uh, So actually, we'll rewind it to spring of my freshman year. Uh, Not only was I doing uh, varsity volleyball, but I was also splitting time between volleyball and going and uh, playing spring football. Uh, I actually had an article written about me and a couple of the other uh, dual sport QBs around the state of Florida well, in central florida i believe it was me and then uh, a quarterback from winter park who was also playing baseball at the time uh they i was the only one on a video that they interviewed um and it, it was kind of i didn't expect it uh the limelight hit me uh i was like whoa this is this is kind of crazy um yeah. but but uh yeah so like i started having to have more responsibility i think more than i was actually prepared for uh when it came down to it uh I think the first the first couple of days coming into my sophomore year we ha- we usually have like an assembly when it comes to like class assemblies like okay everyone like hey this is like how this year is going to go this and that like this is what you can expect and uh <laughs> coach Gurkey announced it in front of the entire entire sophomore class he, he said y'all are the 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 class that's going to really change this school like you the leader on the football team is a dang sophomore. And I felt uh, everyone in the room look at me. I uh, went, hi. Um, <laughs> just because I I was uh I was not ready for that kind of uh not really thrown under the bus, but like I wasn't ready for that kind of ex- expectation. Um uh, attention s- really like you're just trying to
1: you seem like someone that enjoys blending in while also excelling at the same time. So I, yeah, that must've been, it so was what happened next.
0: Uh, what happened next was I, I, I did my best to be a leader. Um, you know, I guess like the thing was like, I didn't want the power and responsibility of being a team leader, uh, at first, cause I thought we had like a, a good set of, uh, guys who were ahead of me. Uh, and I wanted to kind of learn from them more, but I kind of got thrust in front of them and had to lead a, a team the, the best way I could. uh and I'm not going to lie. Like I I definitely messed up a little bit my sophomore year when it came down to it. Um, I should have been more stern in some situations, uh, rather and and others. I should have taken more responsibility. Uh, but I don't think like mentally I I wasn't ready for something like that. Physically I was, but mentally I was like, I'm just like a 15 year old kid. I don't want to have this responsibility on my plate. Uh, going back i I would probably be like okay no i'm gonna fully adapt to this uh kind of pressure i need it
1: it's it's weird right because that reminds me of a bit of my time like it's crazy that we kind of can bond over that that we were given a lot of pressure and attention and expectation to do things um we always voted for captains and i didn't get voted till senior year so you know, like you said, you know, there's probably times where you could have been like, oh, I should have said this or I should have instructed on that or guided, advised on this. You know, that could have led to an, a win here and there. But like you're trying to respect the hierarchy of high school sports. And it's pretty clear. It's pretty clearly spelled out It goes senior, junior, sophomore, freshman. So it is interesting hearing you speak on the fact that you were putting crossroads at times and it's just like, uh, you know i could have mentally or like ex- exuded more and like been outward more about certain things but um it's hard it's really hard to do that yeah, it's and,
0: de- yeah. it's it, Austin. it's definitely more than uh some people expect um and again like i wasn't ready at first uh but there are some situations where my coach would go to me and be like hey you're picking captains who do you think worked the hardest this week uh or you know who do you think it, it, in your head has been working the hardest And i'd be like this, this and this this guy those four he's like okay cool you pick him you tell him you send him out I was like okay wow uh this was sophomore year this this is this was my sophomore year a couple games he uh wow. he, he kind of told me like hey it's it's your turn to uh pick him and and go like that uh which was definitely um eye opening and I didn't expect it um because as, as, I was like oh okay and then there's a couple times Times I selfishly went out there because I was like, I I don't think I don't know when I'm going to do this again, so I might as well do it again. Um, I just like kind of I liked doing that because I could always like face my opponent head on and be like, okay, these are the guys that I gotta I gotta beat in every situation this game. So yeah, <laughs> the sophomore picking the team
1: captains <laughs> for the game. I mean, yeah, that well looking at it now like rewinding and zooming out it's like wow you were exposed to leadership at a very young age and i can definitely bond over that but now no now we can move from sophomore year junior year you get your first offer Um, it's fau um what was that like what was the culture at lyman in terms of folks getting looks at d1
0: so we had we had a lot of guys who definitely got D one looks uh, situations at B, you know, they wouldn't act right in the classroom or they wouldn't act right in some situation, and you know, re- college recruiters they will find out about that in a heartbeat, and they, they got to, and they uh they wrote them off just like wow. that. It's like you to have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have you know the academics to stay in school or even the drive and know how to on like how to act. They, they don't want to mess with that because it means that you're unruly and if you, know, you can't be somewhat civilized, it's there's almost no point.
1: Mm. And, wow. And, th- and th- these are the kind of things that people don't really know. It's like we know all the stories about the highly ranked recruits who go to Bama and then go to Ohio State, go to UCF. We know about those players, but all the, all the stuff you've seen about teammates you've had that you may have thought wow they're really good but x y and z occurred and we now someone like me doesn't even know who they are um i think that that's interesting and you know looking at it from a coach perspective you know looking at it from their side yeah like you said you're already dealing with so much so many moving parts as a coaching staff it's like if you could try to you know eliminate as much difficulty as you can you'll do that so it's pretty interesting uh to see where those crossroads really are Uh, but for you you got the fau offer um i like to look at it from you know internal team you know how was it received you know what was the the love like Did was there like morale around that at lyman i
0: i definitely got some congratulations from uh a lot of my teammates, cause uh, they were happy for me, especially the senior guys. They're like, That's cool. they're like, it's about time. Uh, cause they know, they knew I'd been working hard on and off the field to try to make sure I was all right. Uh, I told a couple of my teachers who I like, I I was like, hey, this is what happened. They're like, holy crap already. Uh, so they were, awesome. they were, they were really excited. Uh, my coach was excited. Uh, coach Gerke was excited for me, the, their entire staff. The athletic director, the principal, everyone was all happy for me because it was like, Hey, he's proof that we actually have talent here. Uh mm-hmm. we just need to get on it. I mean, with Lyman, we've always had talent. We just haven't been able to use it the way we need to. Uh and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people act up and you know, we had my my sophomore, that sophomore uh that sophomore summer before sophomore year, we let go probably one of the best like running backs we have ever had uh just because he he was unruly that was just it um wow in school you'd say like in your four years they're one of the best most
1: yeah, talented running backs yeah would didn't of, get to see the yeah see their full career play out
0: yeah they didn't get to see their wow. full career play out at Lyman um and they kind of hurt themselves when it came to some college offers uh we got blacklisted from uh the University of Florida for uh a couple years actually uh the entire team did yeah, it was kind of like a, because there were a couple guys who they were really looking at. And I don't know if it's like officially like our our running backs coach was like, hey, you just got, I hope you know, you acting like a fool at practice and stuff kind of just got us blacklisted. Uh, so I think we were blacklisted for like a year or two or something like that. Um, and then when I went, when uh, I got back into, when I, uh, when I went to their Florida camp uh, summer before my junior year, uh, everything kind of got back on track a little bit. Uh, but yeah it was schools can blacklist schools coaches talk call it especially college coaches too yeah
1: and it's interesting you know the the detail of that it went seeing it actually play out like they do talk and, and consequences were handed down that's yeah really that's honestly kind of crazy so you got the offer that was your first yes um, at the time from what i know what you said on space nights Folks who tune in, who tuned in that to that spaces, you were pretty invested in them
0: Yeah. So, as as the story continues, now f- after the fifth game, of my junior year, that Monday, I got that offer. Unfortunately, during that sixth game, with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, I ended up tearing my left ACL and being uh, out for the rest of my season. I couldn't really walk for an entire week. Uh, it sucked. Um, I had to hide it from some college coaches because I didn't want them to know about it. Uh, but they find out eventually. That's what, that's what they do. Uh, you know, I, I when I went down for an FAU game, I kind of told coach I was like, "Hey, this happened. I'm gonna get surgery soon. I just want to be up and honest with you guys. You you were the first ones to offer me, and he guaranteed me. He was like, "Hey, uh, you're good. Like we offered you for a reason. Get back healthy." Come back uh and come down. We got you. Uh and so I think that's kinda put me in my comfort zone a little bit about them. And I kinda looked at their school a little bit. They had like a good engineering department. They were in a good location. An executive airport was literally right next door. So they had access to like some CEOs and different parts of good networking uh ideas and spots. Um uh, so yeah, I'm just kinda gotta go through the rest of the that my junior year. Uh in January of that junior year I got uh an offer to West Point, uh, which was my second offer, which was kind of crazy for me. I didn't expect to get a military academy. I got looks from the rest of the military academies after that. Uh, no one really offered me uh, from there, uh, from the other military academies. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, at the end of that fall, my head coach at the time, Jeff Gurkey, got let go. They hired a new coach, uh, Coach I think Dennis Thomas, who's now at Horizon High School. Uh, as a date of the, uh as of this recording, he's at horizons uh really good coach, really great guy uh, so yeah he he helped me uh kind of get into the rest of it, kind of understand like, okay, hey, there's some college coaches that are gonna come and talk to you i'm gonna lead you to them uh and then, yeah, kind of surprising my this I went on spring break uncommitted I came back on spring break committed to FAU cuz I thought that was a school for me and that's where I wanted to be uh after I'd taken a visit to campus and saw a spring practice and got a tour of the campus I was like hey this is where I want to be um so that was, was kind of like that
1: and the coach at the time was who again
0: uh their head coach was uh coach Partridge uh Partridge yeah I'm free- yeah coach Charlie Partridge I'm th- Getting uh, my the D-line coach that helped recruit me off the top of my head, I just can't remember. Uh, I just remember Coach Partridge because I had a, a, a some really good conversations with him uh, You know, any time I was visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, I know on Space Nights you talk very highly of him. Um, you were really invested in the school, but also – you and him had a great relationship. So that always makes things pretty smooth. Uh, it seems, you know, especially from a commit that early, junior, you said spring break?
0: Yeah, so it was like March of my junior year. I think I, yeah. was, I was the first one in my recruiting class to commit. So I committed, and then within like three weeks, we had like six or seven more after me. Wow.
1: And were you acclimated with who those uh, recruits were, and did you all? Yeah, I mean, we uh,
0: we got in a couple group chats on on Twitter and stuff, and try to communicate and be like, "All right, cool. This is who we are. This is like what we are." Uh, didn't really get to see anyone in person because we, I think we we're all waiting until uh, our official visit to come down and kind of see everybody like that. But uh, yeah, no, we we got uh familiarized. Um, uh, so you know, after this is continuing on. I didn't uh, play spring ball at all. Uh, Coach Thomas held me out a little bit just because he wanted to make sure I was fully recovered. Seven and a half months after my surgery date, I was cleared to go, I got my uh, my brace, and I went to a couple uh, camps, uh, just to college camps. Uh, went to FAU, two FAU camps back to back. You know, Always good to see his staff. I improved a lot on my second day versus my first day. Uh, With their technique and stuff and so they were excited to see that and excited to uh get going when i got there uh,
1: and so yes so you were the leader of the class basically like first one to get the offer and then the domino effect occurred and then you kept going back there multiple times um obviously uh you didn't end up there um, yeah, never even played there. So that's the story is still going though, because junior year really tight with Coach Partridge, but you go down with the injury. Um, then let's go through rehab and then what happens, uh, like coming back on the field senior year, what that was like, uh, at Lyman.
0: So at Lyman, it was a little different because we got a new head coach, the defense changed a little bit. Uh, and I went from DN to middle linebacker playing a 3-3 stack. Uh, definitely a different defense than I was used to. Wasn't used to like not having my hand in the dirt. Because uh, I, I would play DN. That's what I wanted to do. Or, or I want to play outside linebacker. So I would, you know, most of the time put my hand in the dirt, take a couple steps to make sure it wasn't a run, then drop back in coverage uh, sometimes like that. But yeah, playing Mike was a little different uh, for me, uh, just in general, because it's, you know, it's a little bit more of a commanding thing, and I was a, I was an automatic captain of what my coach called it. Um, yep. Uh, and I wasn't not only for like the football team, but for the school in general. We had like a, a leadership council of, of all the sports and all the, like the academic clubs, and I was on, I was on that. Um, and I was like one of the the leaders that had a little bit of say of okay, well we would like to do this or we would like to do that. Um so it was a lot of a lot of responsibility on me my uh my senior year. Um uh, but push comes to shove. I didn't know a statistic that you were sixty percent more likely to tear one uh the other ACL after tearing uh your first one. So um I went down my third or fourth. The uh, third or fourth game of my senior year with a red right ACL injury. Uh, I told FAU almost immediately, like, hey, this is what happened. Uh, they said, hey, you're committed to us. We're committed to you. We'll get it going. So I was like, okay, cool. I got surgery. I started getting it going. Uh, you know, I I, I saw Coach Partridge after I'd gotten surgery because I went to a game. Uh, I was walking around without crutches and stuff. Uh, which he was surprised about that. I was walking around that quickly because I think I was only like three weeks out post-op and you're supposed to be on crutches for like a while. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but, you know, I, I got back out to see them and then kind of things started falling apart towards the end of that season. Um, November 29th coach Partridge got fired. uh, And my scholarship from then on technically was pulled, and I didn't really even know about it until a couple of days later, which was kind of just a, a weird thing, uh, wow. in general, because uh, you don't really think about that when you're committed to a school, uh, and this is really how I found this is really how I found out. Uh, so Partridge got fired on Sunday. I got an offer from FAMU on Monday. Announced it. The D line coach said, "Hey, you might want to flip your 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 commit." D-lon coach
1: from where? Which line coach?
0: Line coach from from FAMU? From, FAMU, from FAMU. He was trying to give me hints, and I was not reading his hints at all. I think uh, that's
1: interesting. That and, and interesting is kind of a loose word there. I think that's a little, almost like dis, not disrespectful, because maybe he was bound by some confidentiality. I, I but I, he knew I, that FAU was going to pull is what I'm gathering.
0: So he didn't Pulled know. He yeah he didn't uh, realize. Well, he did, I don't think he, again, confidentiality, probably he didn't want to tell like, hey, FAU has pulled your offer because that just sounds like bad. He's like, hey, you might want to just kind of like commit to them because we're trying to figure stuff out here and it, it might not be looking good. Uh, he didn't really say it in those words. I kind of said it a little easier than he did. Not easier than he did, but uh, clearer than he did. Uh, but I didn't find out until I was going to physical therapy on Wednesday that I didn't have an offer anymore it was uh it was it was really crappy in the time frame because i had to end up calling uh the recruiting director uh for them and, and he he told me straight up uh we have a list of offers or people who still have offers on the board and unfortunately Austin you're not one of them we pulled uh your scholarship was initially brought in from another position group and uh, we can't afford to do that at that ta- at this time with a new head head coach coming in we're not able to uh you know maintain your commitment or maintain your scholarship offer uh so i got screwed a lot uh in that case uh within the the next couple of days they hired lane kiffin and everything my entire class got basically gutted the entire class that's that that was my next question is like were you the only
1: one having this conversation about hey your scholarship's getting pulled. You don't think again. That's why I'm glad. I'm really grateful you brought me on here because these are things we don't think about as fans. Coaching changes. We just want to see who's going to be out there on Saturdays with the new coaching staff. You hear about who they want to bring in, but you don't hear about what about all the players who are in limbo. So you're saying that the pretty much the entire class was gutted and, and was forced to go figure out what they're going to do with their collegiate career.
0: So a, a decent amount of guys, I think, in my class had like still had other standing offers that were available. So they were able to flip commits and go elsewhere. Uh, and there was some of the guys who, you know, we we stayed commi- uh stayed committed. Uh, there was a gentleman from, uh, I believe, Dr. Phillips, a running back in that year. He stayed committed to uh, FAU, you know, was trying to get a, hel- a hold of coaches, uh, like, I guess, like till the day of signing day. Uh, and he's just like, wow. he was like, oh, well, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'd never decommitted from FAU. Like, I'm still committed to them. Uh, and I think it was Chris Hayes put out this article in that spring of 2017 where the the kid goes through and goes like, I never, like, I've been trying to contact the running backs coach and be like, hey, coach, like, I'm still committed. Uh, but, you know, he contacted a couple weeks after signing day. He was like, hey, why'd you decommit? Like, that kind of thing. like putting the fault on the player rather than kind of own up and be like, Hey, yeah, you, you just don't have an offer here anymore. And it kind of just like screws them really physically and mentally because, you know, to just to do that and wait till the last second is just kind of uh, a crappy thing to do. But then also it's like, okay, where am I supposed to go? Uh, and that was like the hard part for me. Cause after, you know, that day, like it was December 3rd or 4th, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now so you know i decided just to stick stick to sports for a little bit longer uh i i got uh cleared from my right acl injury in probably like four months which was absolutely like crazy uh fast (laughs) yeah yes that is
1: fast when you hear i mean i have friends who've gone through gone down the acl route and the rehab you almost have to like it's almost like you have to teach yourself how to walk again
0: yeah uh, it's running is not a fun thing when you're learning how to do it again especially from an acl injury but after after the first one i was like okay cool like i can do this uh like the first day in physical therapy after i got the the staples removed from my knee i was uh walking around without my brace and uh on a bike uh like on a stationary bike just going at it uh just to Cause I was like, I need to get back to somewhat so I can train, uh, and be ready for if a situation happens. And so then I, I I played my spring year of volleyball. Um, I was like, I was like, screw it. Uh, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do this, uh, just so I could focus on that and have something to, um, just to think about. I mean, I did, I, I did get a D2 offer to Mars Hill and I did take an official visit there, but you know, it was a town of like 1500 and like the school only had about like Fifteen to eighteen hundred, and my high school had about three thousand kids. And I was like, ah, "Nope, can't do this." Uh, Where is that at? Marshall should be outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Very, very so, small yeah. town up in the hills. Small town up in the hills, and you're like kind
1: of a city guy um, from Orlando, not a small city, especially comparatively. So yeah, I definitely get that, and it reminds me of a good friend of mine um, who. Uh, Tours ACL, uh, sim, on, honestly, very similar stories. Actually, got invited to his wedding in November. But um, Tours ACL junior and senior year got an article written about him that he was going to be the next Wes Welker. Got a bunch of D two offers. Ended up going to Eastern Illinois. Um, but you know, was getting looked at by D one prior to those. So going back to you now, you're fully recovered. You played volleyball and you got your offer pulled. So I'm glad for your sake, you got to enjoy volleyball um, and and get your mind off the the BS you're going through. Um, What was graduation like? And then uh, what let's rewind what was so what was your next move for college? Because FAU, I mean, you could have gone there as a regular student and done the whole, like bright futures situation. I'm assuming you had um i i guess i shouldn't assume but you know just go to as a regular student but you know maybe that wasn't in the cards what was like your next move after the scholarship getting pulled
0: and uh and other schools coming in yeah so i uh one, once my kind of offer got pulled i i pulled fau from the table i didn't want to go there at all uh yeah it just it would Obviously. have been in my mind like trying to go there after that happened would have been like a slap at the face to me uh and kind of just like i didn't really get an explanation on why my scholarship was pulled other than it was pulled from another position group okay cool that's not really much of an explanation for a 18 year old 17 year old kid trying to figure out the rest of their life pretty quickly um so yeah i uh i just applied to Seminole state and ucf at the last minute trying to see if i could get in uh i was like i don't know if i'm going to but let's give it a try uh like i hate to say Seminole state accepts like everyone but they do um uh, it's the culture with um they used to be community
1: colleges now they're just called colleges yeah
0: a lot of them yeah so um and then uh you know after i put in my uh application to ucf i uh called up not called up, I talked to my, uh, my coach and was like, Hey, I put in an application to UCF. He's like, okay, I got you. Uh, I think he made a couple calls. Cause, uh, within like two weeks of my application being in, uh, I got a call from someone in the football department and said, Hey, uh, word on the street is you want to walk on and play some football. I was like, is that an option? And he said, yeah, I was like, uh, okay, you got me. I'm down. Uh, and then, uh, I met coach backed in uh, senior, uh, great man. Uh, helped me out a whole bunch. Um, uh, my freshman year, but I'm getting too far ahead. It's my, myself met him and he said, what position do you want to play? I said, what do you need coach? Like, I was just like, I want to play. Like, I don't care where it is. Just tell me what you need and I'll do my, the best thing I can. Um, so I, I came in as a preferred walk on at tight end. Um, my freshman year of college, uh, and then in June uh, late June of that 2017 year, I was a college student after high school graduation in uh, early May. so it was you know it was a, a crazy time to transition real quick. Uh, life came at me fast, but I thought I was somewhat ready for it, and I, I kind of was took a little adjustment period, but uh, I got there eventually.
1: So you got offered to be a preferred walk on with coach Becton tight end. Um, did you have any experience at that position? Sounds like you're playing Mike, like you're on defense at Lyman.
0: I, uh, my junior year, I did play a little bit of tight end. I, uh, I was, yeah. I was one of the few guys who played both offense and defense. Uh, I think there was me and another tight end, uh, who played, uh, No offense to him, but coaches thought I was the better uh, route runner and uh, run blocker. So uh, anytime I'd tap my helmet and be like, hey, give me like a playoff because like it's his third down and 20 and I don't think we're going to get this. So uh, let him come in and see what he can do. That way I can get ready for punt and defense all in one. Do you think,
1: and now I'm just trying to look at the whole story and I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but do you think playing so much led to the injury history at all? Like, I don't even know the, does like volume and usage lead to, I don't ACLs I, or is, it's usually pretty random, right? It was,
0: like, I think it was a kind of, a, a like a freak accident. Um, uh, you know, the way I tore my left ACL, like, um, uh, you know, I, I made it, I went for a tackle, didn't make the tackle. Then an offensive lineman, at, like I was already on the ground, my chest was on the ground. I had fallen. My legs were like one of my my left leg was up as it was coming to the ground. Then offensive lineman tried to jump over try to jump over me, clipped my shin, so the bottom half of my leg went one way, the top of my half left uh, the top half of my leg went the other way and just snapped like that. Um, so uh, it was just that was crazy. Uh, and then the second time was overuse. Just because I was rawing on my right side so much to uh, make up for the left side deficit, um, so that, that is a, a distinct possibility
1: for the for the second one. First one is just it was random, but yeah. So you know, I just wanted to touch on that real quick, just because you were talking about playing tight end and then needing a break, and I'm like, dang, this guy give it, give him a break, or you know, he needs one. So we're gonna go freshman year at UCF. Preferred walk-on. Now, for the folks at home, me, <laughs> what's the difference between a walk-on and a preferred walk-on?
0: So a preferred walk-on, it, it's kind of like I don't fully know the definition. Uh, but I i think it's guys who like reach out to coaches their senior year and be like, hey, I I'd like to be a walk-on. Like those guys who are just like, like while still in high school, like, hey, uh, let me be a walk-on. Uh, and then like regular walk-ons are like they get there. And then they kind of contact their coach and be like, "Hey, can you message the guys over at UCF and see what they can do? Because I'm already here as a student. Can I walk on?" Or people that we get on walk on tryouts. Like, you'd be surprised yep. at how many of the the walk ons are actually just preferred walk ons. But we just we just don't say preferred walk ons all the time. We just say walk ons, as we're we're
1: uh we're all about abbreviations and efficiency. We will drop letters and from acronyms as much as we can uh rbj shout out to him shout out to steven by the way uh two legends who host space nights with me uh rbj flirted with the idea of being uh what we are now finding out is just a regular walk-on um who would have done the walk-on tryout because i guess that is a good explanation pwo you kind of like get the green light from coaches like yeah if you come here we will get you on the team we just can't offer you scholarship versus in my opinion probably what a walk-on is a non-preferred is you probably have to go through the tryout, get like looked at zoomed in on uh you know while at the school as opposed to before you get there
0: um yeah you, but, you w- with with those walk-ons when it comes to school here's here's the thing if if, if you're listening to this and you want to become a walk-on uh it's just future reference you gotta check out when the the team does their practices make sure all your paperwork is in order medical history uh, insurance, sickle cell paperwork, all your vaccinations and stuff. Uh, and you gotta be ready to work. Uh, That's just three major things. What kind of disqualifies people from like actually being able to come on the team after doing walk-on tryouts, more often than not, is their class schedule conflicts with uh, with the practice schedule. And people don't know that, which kind of like, screws them up a little bit but that's like one of the main things so if you're going to become uh, try to be on a walk-on tryout talk to the team and be like somebody talk to some member of the team and be like hey what are your practices because like I want to try to do the walk, uh college walk-on stuff but I got to know when your practices are so I could schedule my time of uh, classes around that it's just kind of like that and again this is why I'm grateful I'm here because
1: you know these are things I never knew. It's like, I now, I I never had aspirations of playing football at UCF. I mean, part of me wished I would have tried to do something with basketball, maybe the student manager, but, um, yeah, these are things that we don't know about as fans. It's like, dang, like these walk-ons who, who are trying to get on the team, uh, that we see, we've seen a lot of them come through and you're going to be bringing them on here, uh, on future episodes. But There's a lot that has to line up, not only the paperwork, not only getting uh, their ducks in a row, but also getting your schedule in a row to line up with the team. So obviously, you you got to know beforehand, you got to plan around that and pick your class schedule around that because you already knew that they were going to let you play for the team. But so you get there and preferred walk on. What was that first? I guess a camp like what well, it it was so it, summer, it summer was summer bef- it was it was
0: it was it was summer summer workouts um okay. really we had a we had a meeting like right after we graduated or like a couple of weeks before we came on it was like hey you're gonna get your physical done you're gonna get a drug test done you're gonna get blood draw to make sure you're okay for sickle cell stuff um and that was just like we just want to make sure some stuff we signed a uh we signed a literal contract my, my freshman year as walk-on saying that if you embarrass the university, you embarrass the team, or you get yourself in any sort of like major trouble, we will kick you off without, any, like without hesitation. Because it was like, yes, you're a walk-on, and yes, we do need you, but you, got, you have to realize you're, hold, you're held to a higher standard than some of the scholarship guys because we're not paying for you to be here. You're here on your own dime, uh, and we're going to treat this like a job. Uh, and, like, if you really screw up once, you're, you're done. Like, you fail a drug test, you were off that year uh, as a walk-on, and that's just how they played it, and that was okay uh, by me because I was like, I, I'm not going to do any of that, so let's get it going. Uh, but, yeah, it was the uh, first thing we did after that meeting. Uh, came back a couple weeks later to make sure we were cleared. Uh, had another drug test, uh, just in case the first one didn't catch anything. The second one, you're dumb. Uh, it probably caught something. Uh, and then we went straight into summer workouts. Uh, summer workouts consisted of my first week, nothing but arms and back. So I couldn't really bend my arms much of any way outside of just keeping them stiff and straight and just kind of walking around like I was like, uh, like I had a cramp in my upper body the entire time. And that was not fun. Uh, But then we kind of just went through, lifts got a little bit less hectic and a little bit more organized. Uh, The summer running was mostly four quarters in the indoor with no AC, the doors wide open. Uh, And that really got you in shape and really got you acclimated to the Florida heat really quickly uh, when they did that. Even in the early morning. So
1: you're there, you're with the team, summer lifts, summer workouts. Um, What about that first season? This is 2017?
0: Yes, this is 2017. This is uh, my freshman season.
1: Obviously, and, and not everyone who's listening may be tied to UCF. Hopefully, we have folks from all over the country, the world, tuning in. But if you're familiar with UCF, University of Central Florida, you know 2017 and and UCF, those go together like uh, peanut butter and jelly. Like We love talking about uh, UCF in 2017 because of how legendary it really was. uh, You were obviously there for that. What was that season like for you uh, as a walk-on to that team?
0: I was – it was kind of – to say magical is is kind of like an understatement because I was just there at the right time, honestly. Uh, and I was on scout team offense, giving our defense a look, uh, best way I knew how to, every, every week, day in and day out doing, uh, the scout team scrimmages every week, you know, working my tail off to, you know, prove to everyone like, Hey, I'm here and I kind of, I deserve to be here and I'm not going to fight back from that or I'm not going to back down. That was just it. I was like, I wanted to get this thing going and rolling and, you know, show everyone that what I got. Uh, it it's just, again say magical is really an understatement. Um because it, it's really hard to describe the amount of leadership that was on that team, the amount of camaraderie that was on that team. Um, we had great people. We had great brothers. Way too many fun times. Uh and just fun people to be around. Uh it made that <laughs> season fly by in a heartbeat. I mean From coaches down to like equipment managers that was so much fun uh just to be a a part of the team and around the team Mm -hmm. and we've gone through it on space nights fast
1: fridays and all the other fun stuff y'all got to do in the locker room
0: um may have brought out some gloves of some sort we okay (laughs) i'll tell the story here
1: uh yeah what's so what's up with that
0: so fridays after some fridays after uh fast Fridays which was our quick little practice we do prob- the practice would probably be no more than 30 minutes so everyone was like ready to ready for the game or ready to go travel um if you had any problems with anyone that week you would get boxing gloves you and the guy would box it out for like two rounds of 30 seconds Um, uh, nothing like kill shots or anything like that but just like really good just like getting the the anger and stuff out on each other um uh, it was it was a lot of fun because, like we knew, I think at one point, the coaches found out. Uh, I'm not entirely sure,, uh, and I'm pretty sure they said, don't record it, and uh, or anything like that. um uh, I'm again, I'm not entirely sure if the coaches ever knew, uh, but we made it completely obvious, like, don't record it, don't post it., uh, and then, in five years, when this is all kind of over, we can kind of talk about it. And this was all like, it was all the older guys like making the rules here. And I just kind of followed because I'm like, Hey, it's they're the leaders of the team. I'm going to follow what they say.
1: That's wild. Um, And it's wild because like no one knew that until recently, it's been kind of uncovered a bit. looks like KZ told the story. Um, But again, scout team tight end. When, when did the transition to defense come into play?
0: Um, The, the, the transition came into play when Coach Frost and Everly did leave uh, after that season. And Coach Hypel got hired. Uh, so we went through, I think we had uh, John Cooper was my new tight ends coach. And we had like eight or nine guys in the room uh, for tight ends. And he kind of went through, had meetings with everybody. Uh, and he kind of sat me down. He's like, so, like, why are you here? Why are you playing tight end? I kind of looked at your film in high school. You played a lot of DN and a lot of linebacker. So, like, what 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 brought you into the tight end room instead of like D line or defense in general? I said, Coach, when I walked on, uh, this was the spot that was available, and I said, Hell yeah, uh, because I just said wherever you need a guy, I'm I'm your guy. Right. So and and then he he told me, uh, like, okay. Okay, well, uh, I'll work with that, and uh, you know, we'll keep training at you as a tight end, and we'll we'll figure out something maybe later down the uh, down the road, and kind of see where everything spaces out. Um, and then within probably a week after that conversation, we were warming up for uh, we called it uh, shoot, I forget what we called it on Wednesdays uh, with Hypo, uh, other than uh, workout Wednesdays. <laughs> we'd run a whole bunch of agility stuff uh during winter conditioning um but coach uh coach Shannon uh came up to me our defense coordinator said hey so coach Cooper told me like you're willing to do play whatever position you need to to you know help this team out and he told me like I really need a D end can you be that guy and I said yes sir he's like okay i was like when do you want me to start he's like right now so he ran me over to cool. where the D, uh, the D linemen were warming up and uh I warmed up as on my first uh workout Wednesday as a uh as a defensive end. Um uh, and, wow. and then I kind of just learned from uh, coach Burnham when it came down to what they were looking for to for D ends to play. Uh and I I think I had a decent spring, made some mistakes, but I was kind of rusty at D end anyway. Uh uh-huh. this story about the transition from tight
1: end to D end uh, really makes Randy Shannon's seem pretty classy. Um, he, uh, it seems like that, that looks like a classy move just from my perspective, you know, from the outside looking in for him to come up to you and talk to you, you know, come to you where you were at and find you and be like, Hey, like we need a D end. Um, you know, it seems really cool that, you know, he gave you that extension. So,
0: so, uh, Austin, there's a little bit more backstory to that. Uh, cool. so that, uh, that sophomore, between sophomore and junior year of high school, when I went to a couple of those camps, I went to a, a couple of Florida camps. I went to a Friday yeah, night, you
1: mentioned that Friday yeah, night. I wanted to ask more about that. Yeah,
0: Friday night lights camp, and then just a regular one day camp. Uh, and I went there as a linebacker, not as a DN, because I was like, okay, I'm going to be a hybrid linebacker DN type. And that's when I met uh, Coach Shannon originally. Um, and he liked me. They Florida liked me. Co- I think it was Coach McElwain at the time was the head coach there. Uh, and he, he was like, hey, we, we would like to kind of keep you continuing in the, in the recruiting process. Uh, I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, I should have asked more information. I should have set up more stuff with the recruiting director, uh, try to see if I could go to a game that year. Uh, that's where I kind of messed up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I disagree go nice charge on oh i mean like (laughs) it was that was back then
1: like right yeah obviously putting yourself in your shoes from back then especially where you ended up it's like i made the better
0: choice let's be real oh you Uh, definitely
1: ended up making the best possible choice it's just interesting uh you can always look back and be like oh i you know could have looked here and, and reached out to this person then but that's cool he remembered you and uh
0: obviously was fond of that those interactions it, it was because- it was cool when he got hired uh because i was like hey coach shannon uh, my name is austin camden i came to a florida camp a couple of years ago uh i play tight end here i just wanted to reintroduce myself after not seeing you for a couple of years And he goes camden i remember you you don't have to i i know you are like i still follow you on twitter man i was like i was like hey <laughs> i was like i just got to reintroduce myself coach that it is what it is in that case he's like no I, <laughs> He was like, I appreciate that. And I was like, You're welcome, Coach. I'll see you around. Uh that was that was my kind of first conversation with him in a while. Uh wow. it, it kind of went well. And that was like within his like first two weeks of uh getting hired and stuff. Um Yeah. So then like, it's a whirlwind for someone like him. So it's cool that y'all had that really fun conversation. Yeah, no, Coach Shano had always been like a really cool guy, really kind of laid back. Um he knew when to get serious, but he knew like when it was time to relax and kind of sit back when it came to like talking to players and things.
1: Mm-hmm. So we with Shannon coming into play and, and coming over the defense. Was there ever any kind of, and I don't even know how this works and this is why I'm glad that we're doing this. Obviously we know where the story ends, but was there ever any time in between when, where the story ends with you getting the offer and not getting one and, and any kind of conversations, any kind of, maybe possibilities that maybe it was like looked at that maybe they extend one for someone who'd been there for a year or two at this point.
0: Uh, We're talking with coach Shannon when I I'm already in college, right? Yeah. Which, like, and where the story yeah, goes. Because
1: Walk-ons get scholarships. I feel yeah, like every uh, season. They, yeah, they, they, they have
0: space. They, they definitely do uh, in some cases. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. they, the, the coaches coming in didn't really know much about me. So they were like, okay, well, we're just going to focus on some of the guys that we think are going to be playmakers. And so, like, the guys who were playmakers ended up getting uh, scholarship offers that they really know knew, like, okay, this guy is a sophomore now. He'll be a junior next year. Let's offer him in the spring, and then that way we'll have him for, you know, his la- his next two or three years. Uh they were trying to be strategic when it came to some stuff. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Montalvo should have gotten uh, his uh, a scholarship at the end of that spring uh, after my freshman year, but he didn't end up getting it till almost fall of 2019. Uh, I think wow. Ward, I think Ward got his fall of 2018 or something like that. Um, there, there were guys who I think should have gotten scholarships that didn't. Um, but it's it's kind of like, they have to see who they've already offered scholarships to, who is leaving, and there's a whole bunch of different uh, factors that play into kind of extending a scholarship, because, you know, if you're giving a scholarship to a guy that you know is good, that's already on your team, has already been in the system, that's a lot easier to uh, to do sometimes than actually, you know, offering it to someone you have no idea who they are outside of. Film and a couple of conversations with, uh, you know, an admin from a high school or something like that.
1: Yeah. No, and that's understandable. And, and that's also an interesting layer of a story like yours is that, you know, you dealt with three. This is your third coaching staff. We're, we're on number two. We talked about number one, Coach Beckton, Coach Frost, uh, playing offense now, uh, Coach Shannon, um, and uh, obviously, he doesn't stay. We know the result now um, with Coach Gus. He will. Um, but so, I want to get to you know. We got through Coach Shannon, and uh, this is your sixth year entering into. We're year two, three. Um, you've seen a lot of coaches, uh, a lot of dedication to being a walk on. Like you've seen a lot, so. You put in a lot of work here uh we can maybe fast forward a bit here but well, let's
0: let's go to let's fast forward all the way to the end of that twenty twenty season um uh, actually from, let's get from uh spring of twenty eighteen or fall of twenty eighteen all the way up till uh the the december of twenty twenty after the b y u game yep. uh, we, during during uh, during the lead up into the BYU game, uh, Coach Heupel even asked me. He's like, "Hey, what do you what What are your thoughts? Of, like, what do you think you're gonna do? You're gonna come back for another year?" Uh, I was like, "I, I don't know, Coach." Um, just because I, I didn't really know where my head was, I was kind of getting lost in it a little bit. I was like, "I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do." Uh, it's a big I, undertaking. I, you're paying to go to school. You're putting in.
1: From what I've heard, like sixty hours a week total. If yeah, it's school. Yeah,
0: it's it's a lot. It's football. it's definitely a lot. So I was like, right, coach, I don't really know what I'm gonna do. Uh, I think I'm gonna, you know, take the semester and kind of try to figure out where I want to be. Uh, I might try to pick up coaching or something like that. So if you guys have a opportunity for like an internship somewhere, like I'd love to be a part of it or something. It's like I ultimately, coach, I don't really know. Um. So he's like, "Oh, we'll uh, we'll come back in spring a little bit. We'll we'll sit down. We'll talk about it." Um. So I, you know, I was okay. I was like, "Cool." I retired. Uh, uh, there's a picture on my Instagram from like 2020, being like, "Uh, this is this is the last game I ever put on pads." And getting a picture like this. uh, Thank you, UCF, for everything. Because I thought it was done. (laughs) I really did. That was the first time I thought it was done too. This is 2020. Uh, This is yeah. This is start of 2021.
1: Did you know if Heupel had, no, he wasn't out the door yet. He wasn't,
0: he wasn't, he wasn't out the door yet. Uh, I, I think some people already kind of knew he was out the door, but I didn't. Uh, so came back in January, sat down talked to him. He's like, Hey, how about you, uh, you know, try, uh, you're into decently into weightlifting. I know you did that internship with that spinal cord center in 2019. How about you, you know, you do some college coaching for us as an intern in the strength staff. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, let me do that. Uh so I interned with the strength staff and coach Schmidt uh you know with his crew uh just to get the experience of it you know not too long after the semester started uh AD left high pool left uh and now I was with the strength staff as an intern with you know okay we have coaches here who are definitely not going to be our coaches later on what are we supposed to do so we try to carry on as normal uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Terry Mahajer gets, gets hired. I, I love Terry. He's an amazing guy. Uh, he, he, knows, he knows athletes' names by heart. And if he doesn't know you, that's because you haven't been on campus more than a week. Uh, he, will, he will find your name, uh, and he will remember it, and he'll put a face to it real quick. He's really good at doing that. Really smart man uh and then you
1: know it's good quality and a leader in my opinion oh, uh, he, to know names uh of people that you kind of are leading right you look mm-hmm. at the ad as the leader of your athletics department so um good quality and a leader uh obviously great hire by ucf he's been amazing so yeah just wanted to plug him real quick
0: yeah i know we, you we always got to plug him he's, he's a great and amazing guy um so i guess of course you know it shows as history plays out. He'd worked with Coach Malzon before uh, and hires Coach Malzon because uh Auburn let him go. Uh so it was a great spot. Um and you know, Coach Malzon brings in a great staff, uh brings in Coach Dawson, uh, Coach Meredith, and then next thing I know, I kind of see in the guys when I'm an intern with them working out, and it go, and they're just like stuff from 2017's flashed into my face I'm like God I, I think I want to go back I got another year of, well I got like I was like I got another year I might as well just try to take it and see what happens wow Um. so I, I talked to Coach Dawson I was like hey Coach Dawson I got another year to play football like w- can I come can I go back and he was like if you really want to go back you really want to go back Camden I'm not going to tell you a, one thing to do from another that's that's the decision you got to make. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna kick this decision around for a little bit, but I'm still be an intern here if that's okay. And he said, yeah, uh, I'll I'll like it here because you've been doing a good job with us so far. Uh, so we got after I think a some Friday uh, workout and I approached Coach Malzahn. I was like, Coach. Uh, I know I'm a strength staff intern right now. Uh, I got another year of eligibility. I know these guys. I've been playing with them since 2017. Like, uh, is there an opportunity? Like, can I come back and like walk on again? Uh, and he said, uh, you know, let me think about over the weekend. Let me, you know, check some dots and make some make some marks and double check my uh, sources and stuff to make sure you can. But we'll, we'll try to get you going. Uh, and then so, okay, cool. I'll see you on Monday. Okay, cool. Uh Monday rolls around. You now I do my normal strength staff stuff. Go to a meeting with him. He sends me to SJ, who is our uh director, uh player. I think it was like director of personnel or director of ops, something like that. Uh SJ kind of doubles checks some stuff with compliance, checks some stuff with academics. Um he said, Well, you gotta go talk to T Will and you gotta go talk to Coach Martin. Um, uh, see if they need an extra guy. And I talk to Coach T Will that and Coach Martin that week before on that Friday and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna talk to Coach Malzahn. I'm, I'm gonna I wa- would like to come back. Montal already knows me. Most of these guys already know me. Uh, and yeah, I mean I've been training on my own. I'm in shape, so I'm I'm ready to get going." I said, "Hey, you're the mentality of you right now is what, what what I want. So I'm uh I'm gonna get it going with you. So I got cleared by compliance. Got cleared by everything under the sun. And uh, literally, I think that Thursday." of that week I had that meeting with uh, coach Malzahn uh, I was back running with the guys and some of the guys who had just come in were like why is the uh why is our coach running with us is there something going on and uh only a couple uh, only older guys knew like oh Camden's back this is gonna be fun uh <laughs> so yeah uh you know I had you, you I, transition from dn to d tackle right Yeah, I mean, I was always kind of playing a little bit of both when it came with uh, Coach uh, Burnham and things just because I wanted to see the field. I didn't know what what spot it was going to be, but I had to learn everything just to make sure it's like, hey, he went down, Canvin, go in now. okay, Coach, what do you ever say? So, uh, yeah, so playing D-tackle with uh, Coach Martin uh, really wasn't too much a a huge transition. Coach Martin's a tactician. He's a great and amazing guy, a great family man. you know leads us really tries to lead us in the right direction no matter what step we're taking uh and tries to back us up uh every step of the way and he's really proven what like in my mind what a true d line coach is supposed to be and a great coach in general is supposed to be um
1: wow, and so that was year one um obviously we just finished up year two and yeah, you know, obviously we know how the story ends. Yeah, so it's just, we, <laughs> it's just interesting to me because I, I love your story because you always were just trying to see the field. You know, you have this like really humble approach of like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. And then we, I love how the story ends. So want to get to that. Yeah.
0: So I'm. i We're 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 going to go for a little bit longer. I know that. Uh, I'm not too worried about the time. And y'all on, uh on the hearing this uh, later from the recording will understand like. You know, Austin and I are both here. It's probably like an hour 15 in right now, and we still going because there's a lot of information in the story to tell anyway. But yeah, we, f- <laughs> we finished up year one. I played the most I've ever played in my entire life when it came to college sports. I played in like nine games. I got on the bus to play defense because I was playing special teams. I was a backup on uh, kickoff, uh, kickoff return, and I was a starter on punch shield for uh, a little bit during the season, uh, for a couple games during the season. Uh, I want to say like over half the season. Uh, so that, um, and that happened. Um, and then, you know, came to the, the end of, uh, that year. And I was like, you know what, you know, I'm I'm in my master's. I kind of want to go back to my, uh, my job that I had over summer. And then I'm just gonna, you know, just gonna go like that. So I had a whole little, uh, retirement video. I think it's it's still on my Twitter, it's still on my Instagram. Uh and it's just it's kind of funny because I, I give a good send off, I think, to UCF in my time here. Uh and I thought again, I, I thought that door was closed. Um uh, come back, shoot, I start my job. I think we're we're getting done with uh the bowl game on December twenty third. I start my job on December twenty-seventh. So I was like I immediately hopped into it because I, I can't in my mind, I can't be in one place for like I can't sit down and do nothing because that's just that's just not not me. I'm used to go 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 until yep. I, I until I go okay cool I need a break. Um, so yeah, I hop right in my job. Uh, you know, I, I I check in with my teammates. Be like, hey, how's this going? How's this going? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's good, it's good. Then I go into um, I come into February. You know. Uh, not really expecting much, you know. I, I turned 24 on February 19th, uh, February 15th, I believe, either the 15th or Valentine's Day on the 14th. I got a call from Coach Martin. Uh, and want to
1: pause real quick though, for those who are listening at
0: home, you were entering your sixth year, right? I am. I am. This fall will be my sixth year playing you football for you You were concluding your fifth year. I'm concluding you my, my fifth year. Hung
1: up your cleats, posted the video. You were done. Yeah. And you were able to play a fifth year because the COVID allows that.
0: So it's it's the kind COVID of rule. It, it, the COVID rule is, is different. So um, it's kind of weird with eligibility, especially when, when it comes to like me, my myself and a couple other guys. So you have in, in college, you have five years to play four years. And with the eligibility rules in football, now you're allowed to play four games and still maintain a red shirt year. Um, yep. So that was my red shirt senior year. Uh, I ended my red shirt senior year, my fifth year. <coughs> Sorry, I had a cough real quick. Uh, I ended my fifth year and okay, I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, and then I started in, this is gonna be my sixth year, this is my COVID year. So with COVID happening, you were able to opt out or play and still maintain an, a year of eligibility i thought in 2020 that was going to be my last year so i was like you know what i'm gonna play um and then last year uh i think it's my last year and then this year this is definitely my last year because i don't have any more eligibility after this you're uh, the
1: brett Favre of ucf i don't know if you're definitely much younger than me but brett Favre was going in
0: retiring yeah coming back, I, re- I remember Army. that yeah <laughs> well i uh uh, somebody else said hey you and michael Kubial are the only people to retire twice uh retire and come back <laughs> we love coops yeah which, he's which actually funny. on the spaces too oh yeah oh. i i saw him uh oh, okay. tangent but we saw him last like two two weeks ago i think on spaces yeah that
1: was really cool that, that was the the uh the ward night
0: no was ward night, that was, was, it, was two different nights yeah that was like three three weeks three to almost a month ago was ward
1: okay i think that i i remember there was a night Coops was on with kz too not to
0: yeah yeah it's, it's, it's okay in space. We, we keep yeah. plugging space nights hey wednesday nights eight o'clock to whenever we want to end it it's a good thing go get it uh go check it out uh, Austin Heff is the one who kind of runs that along with RBJ and Steven, who now runs
1: RBJ2K1 at UCF underscore weekly and at Austin Hef. But so you hung it up, you were done. Yeah. You are like uh, second retirement. Um, second
0: retirement. This has got to be the final retirement. Uh, gotta be. And then uh, you know, coach Martin kind of just says, Hey, I got, you told me not to call you unless I'm checking in on you or I got money for you in a scholarship. I got a scholarship for you, and I'm kind of checking in on you. What do you want to do? And I was like, crap. Wow. This, is, this is tough. Uh, so I, uh, I said, hey, let me sit down with you on Thursday, kind of sort this thing out. Uh, I got to give you an answer by next Monday, uh, or, we gotta, or you got to find someone else. And I was like, okay. So sit down with him, get a time frame going. He needs me there for spring, so I got about a month to get ready. After they've been already training for about two months. Uh, so I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, so you were in the third month of three while they were, everyone else had done the first two months. You were only doing the last month. I just think it's...
0: Uh, I, I didn't even do any of the, the winter conditioning training with them. I did training on my own, which was the funny part. Uh, and then I showed up first day and people were like, you're back again? And I'm like, surprise.
1: Uh, I'm just trying to think about, you know, the, the thought to call you, I think a spot opened up. I think we talked about, I think it was good who ended up hitting the portal.
0: Yeah. There was uh, a, there was a situation that happened with uh, cam good. I am not privy to all the details, so I'm not going to go into that personally. Uh, but course, you know, right. he, he decided the best opportunity for him was to go into the transfer portal and now he's at Michigan and he it seems like he's enjoying his life there. So I'm I'm happy that he, you know, made a change for himself uh, and it made him happy. uh, And I I wish him nothing but the best. That's always what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. And so I think really what it comes down to is, yes, of course, you know, it's kind of late. You got to, they got to fill the spot. But really what I'm seeing is that they knew you were, you were gone, kaput, done, hanging it up. And they were like, whoa, like there's a void here that camden left that uh they felt they're like okay obviously he had a big presence here it seems like that was the case because second retirement they could have easily left you alone try to figure out maybe a young recruit go find a recruit or hit the portal themselves and bring someone in but to me it seems like there was a void your leadership what you bring to the table camaraderie um attention to detail uh just the hard work really is is probably what they were going for.
0: I'm I'm not sure what the entirety of the details were behind the coaching staff's uh decision, but this is this is what coach Martin uh, explained to me. So when they were looking for another uh D tackle um to kind of either bring in or offer a scholarship to that was really in-house that we actually didn't have anyone in-house unfortunately at the moment. But they were like okay, we need a guy immediately. Um you know, who do we, who do we know that's like either available in the portal or, you know, that's kind of local that way we can get on. And coach Martin, I, according to him without a, a skip, like a heartbeat or anything, he's just like, well, we just had Camden leave and coach Malzahn went who, and, uh, he didn't, mean didn't mean who, uh, but then coach Martin said, uh, the weight room GA and and apparently, uh, coach Malzahn's reaction was like why didn't we offer him yesterday? Like that kind of thing. Like, uh, like, why why, why haven't we already done this? Like, why are we sitting down having this meeting when we should have already done this? Should have been our first thought. Uh, He, he will always remember me as weight room, the weight room GA, because I literally first came to him as a weight room GA asking to see if I could come back and play. Uh, (laughs) So, Hey, I'm, I'm Austin Camden, the intern, the weight room GA. Uh, I've got multiple <laughs> nicknames and it's, it's still hilarious, but yeah, uh, it, that, that happened. Uh, the scenario might've not happened how I just described it, but it happened and I'm, I'm glad it did. Um, they gave me up until the end of spring break to get in shape and come back that way I can sort things out with my job. Cause I didn't, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy, I don't want to leave anything like half finished and I, I didn't want to be like, Hey, like I just got this offer. I don't really know what to do. I don't want to quit. Like, I really just don't want to leave y'all out in the open air because, like, y'all are getting more people into the gym and doing stuff that I'd love to do. And I really want to be a part of that. But I really want to do something I'm probably never going to be able to do again, which is come back and play college football. Uh, so on scholarship. I, yeah, on scholarship. Uh, the on scholarship part is just a little detail I like. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. So my my family... Like my uncle was a scholarship player, and now I'm a scholarship player. Uh, and anytime I bring that up to my uh, my grandfather, it brings a tear to, to tear to his eye, because he knows like I've worked so hard for it, and I've always like always like to make him smile. Uh, he's part of my why I still play football. Uh, I always love to make him smile and and really make his day, because like that smile is so infectious, and I know he's so proud of like me for really pursuing what I want to do and who I really want to be. And he's, he's all for it, which is great. And I absolutely love that. Um, uh, so yeah, I was, I was very excited to, to come back and, uh, I thought I had a, so uh, I don't know where you want to uh, continue off of that whole little tangent. Sorry about that.
1: No, it, it's just, it's amazing where we started the night and the pre-show I told you to me, Talking about the current topics of the day is cool. But what to me is what interests me is the psychological side of humanity. And, you know, obviously I'm huge into sports. So this, these stories are stories that I'm super interested in. And I told you before in the pre-show, everyone has either people or things that make them tick. And it, it took us the entirety of the episode but I'm I'm grateful that you spoke about your grandfather because I think you know just uncovering, unpacking everything, hearing you talk about him, it seems like he is you know, part of your why, right? He is the person who gets you going. Like, okay, you're thinking about you know make either making him proud or, or like you said, you want to see him smile, and and you found you found ways to do that with your hard work towards your craft. So. Uh, i I just really love this story, and uh it went unreported and now we get to show it to the world you get to show it to the world and uh yeah congratulations man that that's the key to tonight is congratulations because you're hosting a pod called Confessions of a college walk on but you're not a walk on man you're you're on scholarship
0: yeah it's 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 kind of funny uh yeah the host of uh Confessions of college walk on is no longer a walk on but um you know this. The idea of this podcast again is kind of give light to stories that have not seen the light of day, or fans have not heard, uh, and give voices to those who are really deserving of it, that just don't have an outlet for it. Uh, and you know, I love I love my brothers. I love the stories they they have, and the stories that we have together. Uh, and I, I'll take some of those up until they say, Hey, you can you can say this out loud. Uh, cause some of the stuff, you know, of course is behind closed doors and but we don't tell for a reason. Uh, and that's just a, an easy agreement from everybody. But, um, no, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories from a lot of guys that I think need to be heard. Uh, and this is an outlet for doing it and I'm always going to try to push them because sometimes there's a lot of stuff you know, in football. There's not only of course the physical game, the physical game is a good majority of it. Well, there's also the mental game, and sometimes people just need to get things off their chest, and I think this is kind of a great opportunity to show like, hey, we're still human, we still have reasons, we still, you know, suffer from the same things that everyone else does, uh, even though we, we play a college sport, and sometimes it's, you know, a, a lot harder on our bodies than we realize, and this is uh, trying to be a space for you know, people to understand like, hey, we're, we're here, we're human, and we hurt too. Uh, when it when it comes down to it, but then also like, a, hey, you can relax here. There's no there's no wall. There's no guard. Be yourself. Be as goofy as you want to be, uh, and just kind of let the world know who you really are, rather than kind of what the person they see in a helmet and shoulder pads on the sidelines or on the field.
1: And that rings true for football more than any other sport because of the helmet. We we as fans were so obsessed with winning and, you know, just the hoopla of the stadium energy and uh, just focused on, you know, play to play, but not really zooming out and being like, hey, you know, Oski Camden came in, worked his tail off for years and got something that not every college athlete gets in any sport. And so, you know, got to tell your story tonight. Shout out to Coach Martin and Coach Gus, for making it possible to get you on scholarship finally um but yeah this was awesome uh, for, to be part of episode
0: 1 and you know maybe maybe we <laughs> make it happen for more episodes but uh this is this is going to stay on the recording uh for you know the entirety of you know the internet to hear uh Austin I'd love to have you on for another uh one because I think you're kind of a great insight as a difference from the fan perspective versus a football perspective. Uh, I think it, it's great insight to know uh, what's going on, at least from what, what's inside the, the fan's mind, like, okay, what are some stories you wanna hear? Uh, but if you're, and this is this is a plug for this podcast specifically, if you have a specific question that you want answered by either a guest or myself in general for a future podcast, the best space to do that Go online, go to your email, and send an email to walkonconfessions at gmail.com. That's your best way to kind of get in contact with me. I will be going through that email daily and and to compile a list of questions you want, you know, college athletes to answer, uh, uh, college walk-ons to answer. That that may give you a little bit more insight about who they are and, you know, what they do
1: walkonconfessions at gmail.com and i'm really grateful you invited me on we did the pre-show tonight we did the rundown going through you know talking about your story so uh, we were kind of we kind of prepared for this and it feels like it came out nicely so hopefully you know folks can give us feedback give you feedback and uh, you know, we'd love to, like you said, I'm, I'm grateful that you just extended another invite, because I will definitely take you up on that. And uh, yeah, I know your story is amazing. Congratulations. Once again, uh, looking forward to the weight room GA, you know, getting out there, uh, using that scholarship and uh, leaving one last mark on the UCF football team uh, for one more season.
0: Yeah, and and eventually there'll be a kind of a recap episode at the end of the season, kind of just going through my last season uh, with UCF, just my experiences again. Um, but this is where we end it for this episode one of Confessions of a College Walk-On. Uh, for those who have listened to this whole about an hour and a half long podcast, thank you so much. If we rambled on, we rambled on. That's just a part. This is more of a conversation than an actual right. pure blood uh, story-driven podcast. Um, it's better that way that we just kind of he- are here to discuss uh, rather than just kind of go by a script. Uh, and this is how all these podcasts will generally be. Uh, and I'm honestly going to take the recording here and just post it on uh, Spotify. There's no in-between on What's going to happen? This is going to get uploaded straight into Spotify, and it's just how it's going to be.
1: Well, thank you, Austin, for having me. And if you're a walk on listening, obviously, we heard Austin's story tonight. I hope you can keep going. And, you know, his grandfather was his major why. I hope you can really find that why and hone it and allow you to flourish and excel in everything
0: you do. Thank you, Austin, again for that. And this is where we end episode one of Confessions of a College Walk-On. For those who were listening, again, thank you so much. I do appreciate your time. I, I know it's very valuable in your own, in your own ways. Uh, and I look forward to you know hearing everything you thought about this. And also look forward to you hearing the next podcast, episode two, which I will save the guest for when it comes out. I'll see you next time. Camden out.